Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for, well, this is just going to be a great edition of Four Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, because we are talking about the legacy of Leia. We are going to have a good show. I'm so excited for this. Are you excited? I'm excited. Solo's out. The trailer's out. We're all excited. We've got Therm Scissor Punch in our minds. Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa, get on in here. Joseph Therm Scissor Punch Scrimshaw, <laughs> right? I think that's everybody's middle name these days. Yes. If you love Star Wars, your middle name is Therm Scissor Punch. As it yes. should be, Jennifer. Mm, yes, yes. I'm very excited about this topic. So much to discuss. Absolutely. The legacy of Leia. News catch up your questions. And a reminder that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We will have the Force Center suggestion for an audiobook on Audible in a bit but let's dive in jennifer to the news because there's some things i'm gonna roll up my sleeves and talk about (laughs) (laughs) yes we got a lot to discuss so loose lips sink starships but i guess (laughs) tony gilroy does not care uh the rogue one screenwriter was recently on the moment with brian koppelman podcast and he said that when he came aboard the star wars film rogue one the situation was so dire all you could do was improve their position He insinuated that even though he was hired 
after the director's cut of Rogue One, he was credited for writing the screenplay because he did a complete overhaul of the story. Gilroy said that he solved their problems by making one important change, and that was that everyone would die in the film because it was a movie about sacrifice. So, basically, mm. it was a completely different film before the reshoots, which, you know, we might have suspected. My question is, is he is he not scared? Didn't he have to sign an NDA agreement? Like, why is he <laughs> sharing all this information? I think the NDA probably ran out. Is my <laughs> fact case. I also think, uh, I know we've got another story coming up. Yeah. I also think that people who are successful in Hollywood maybe think podcasts are still just a thing yes. that a couple of people listen to yes. in their basements or attics. Yes. And not yes. a source for huge major news because they have the off-the-cuff feel and i know some people in the industry who've said off the cuff things on podcasts yes it's like it's like you're speaking into a microphone on entertainment tonight everyone's gonna hear what you say mm-hmm. um i think that uh, the way he said that quote yeah. about the movie uh, about the plot i think what he was saying is since they are going to die mm-hmm. and that part has always been a a part of it. Mm. Here's how the fact that they're all going to die informs the way the rest of the story should be told. I see. I think he created a lot of confusion. I don't think they all lived happily ever after. Mm. And it, it. I don't think it ended with like Jen and Cassian's wedding. <laughs> and then he was, he was in there like, no, they got to die on a beach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the way they die probably changed. Mm. Um, Maybe going back and connecting it to the first and second acts, all that kind of stuff. He's not saying anything, like you said, Jennifer, nothing that... I'm surprised about. No. Clearly, you saw the teaser trailers and the, and the trailers were like, that's different. Ben Mendelsohn says there's an entirely different movie out there from this. So I just, it's, I think you're onto it, Joseph. People still, it's, it's the old radio thing. You come in and do a morning show, microphones, uh, closed studio. You're not saying, yeah, let, let's say horrible things. Let's have some fun. <laughs> like, I, trust me, I've seen it. And I think, I think that might be what's happening. Or, but he also says, Jennifer, he has no reverence for Star Wars. He's yes. not a Star Wars fan, so he could kill characters. He could do what he wants. He probably doesn't care that he's throwing a grenade in the room. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and I interpreted that as maybe people were being a little bit uh, precious. Is, is sometimes a negative word, but mm-hmm. maybe they're a little bit worried. The, he also, the biggest thing to me is that he just said it, uh, it was a mess. And I think for me, seeing the way the trailers were structured, where they didn't, they were uh, evoking old Star Wars themes, but it wasn't clear what the movie was. I think he just went through and said, hey, you have 800 different ideas. Yeah. Let's make the one idea that they're going to sacrifice. Why is Cassian willing to make this sacrifice? Let's rewrite this scene so we hear why. Why is Jin willing to die? Let's refocus her story with her father so she knows why. Mm-hmm. Chirrut believes in cool force things. Why is he? I, I think he just went through and said, let's take mm-hmm. all of these eight ideas and make it this one idea. That's I, the way to clean up a script. And I think right. he did a good job because yeah. I come down on the on the side of liking Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I have some of the first and second act problems. That's the only thing. That, that, and that took time for me to develop. I was wowed by the third act, and that's one of the big things he did, right? That's yeah. what we heard. Mm-hmm. A lot of the reshoots for the third act. So I, I think maybe he has also a little weird right to say some of this stuff. He's not directly talking bad about Gareth. He is no. indirectly saying it was a mess. But uh, So in a weird way, I'm okay with what he's saying because I'm not surprised I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's yeah. a weird time yeah. for Star Wars. I so. like imagining him coming in and saying, look, the only way this is going to work is if Sagarera's hair is bigger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so much, so much. So someone else who is lighting Star Wars Twitter on fire is Simon Pegg. Simon is a close friend of director J.J. Abrams, and he was recently on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast. Another podcast. There you go. There you go. Uh, after the show, the podcast host uh, Josh Horowitz tweeted that Simon Pegg told him that J.J. had a much different plan for Ray's parentage. This is what uh, the writer said, or the podcaster said. Simon said, quote, I know what J.J. kind of intended, or at least was being chucked around. I think that's kind of been undone slightly by the last one. There was some talk of a relevant lineage for her, end quote. So... Simon says, Ryan Johnson disregarded J.J.'s plans for Ray, and I know you're always supposed to listen to Simon when playing the game, but just because Simon Pegg says something doesn't mean we should listen. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've been reading that a lot with my daughter. Elmo says, yeah. Simon says, so... <laughs> yeah. What did Elmo say? <laughs> oh, J.J.'s... Well, sure knows. Um, so, but I think in the, in the bigger context... Ray is a Kenobi... <laughs> Do we think this is just like an offhanded thing, you know, are people gravitating, Mm. trying to make it something more than it is? Oh, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a headline for you. 
George Lucas's decisions in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi upset the original vision for his story that George Lucas had. This according to George Lucas. <laughs> yes. All right. Exactly. Yes. I do. think we should listen to exactly what Simon said, which is uh, how many modifying words? Kind of mm-hmm. chucked <laughs> around yeah. mm-hmm. slightly. This uh, yes. this is just Thank He you. said I talked yeah. to my friend while he was working on a project. I'm working on like three different scripts. Yep. And if you talk to me right now, I'd say I'm kind of sort of thinking of making this character the absolute villain of the piece. And then when the draft is done, it's like uh, no, it turns out they're the hero mm. because I'm in the yes. middle of the process. Right. Pablo himself, the great bastion of Star Wars on Twitter. He said sometimes you have to learn to write in pencil, not pen. Yeah. So, yeah, their plans, yeah, absolutely. And I think this story has been twisted around. It has absolutely been twisted around. I ain't naming names, but people are using this as irrefutable fact that Ryan Johnson went into an office and saw on a, on a cork board a bunch of index cards with the future of Star Wars, and he ripped it all down. Because Daisy Ridley's got this quote from a while ago. Oh, yeah, no, J.J., we kind of came to the same decision. Yeah. J.J. Uh, Greg Gunberg says J.J. wishes he directed this episode eight script after he read it. So it's okay. Number one, if it changed, it's okay if it changed. Yeah. yeah. It's okay if it changed. You might not like what Ryan did. That's a different discussion. But this idea, this, this narrative being put out there by people that Ryan went in there and ripped this all down off a wall and J.J. was like, but I had this plan. That didn't happen. Yeah, I think it's fluid. I think it's that... Uh that J.J. at some point in the process, maybe even toward the end of the film, is like, well, th- how would it work if she was a Kenobi? Here's some thoughts, maybe. And then Ryan shows up with the script, and he's like, damn, that's great. Yes. Great. He was playing with an idea, and he liked the one that Ryan had. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do I think there was ideas, Jennifer, in Force Awakens that uh, Ryan went a different de- direction with? Yes, almost every one of them. Yeah. But J.J. himself has said, like, nah, we're passing this on. We're passing this on. This is a baton. Yes. Yeah. And they did... In 2013, when that was was that when Ryan started writing this? 2014, 2015, he started yes. writing the script. All dates <laughs> squishing into one for me now. <laughs> 2007. So I am, I am, I'm. That's where I'm rolling up my sleeves on. If if you have an agenda or you 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 only see things from your your point of view and you don't want to slow down and listen. And what you said, Joseph, is the the biggest facts in this quote that people are overlooking kind of chucked around maybe i don't know slightly slightly it slightly because it still could be that jj has an idea like hey her, her parents they're not a kenobi they're not a skywalker but they were force users and here's a cool tale there like there's still stuff in the yeah. in the gray areas ryan himself at the q and i was fortunate enough to attend said uh oh, i i i put down on a piece of paper every possibility for ray's parents I put them all down. All the names you wanted, I put them down. Mm. And then this was what I chose as the best answer, which I still, I actually think at the time I wanted her to be a Kenobi or a Palpatine. I was on board for those theories. Um, Her being no one is the biggest challenge to that character, and that's what I like. But that's the big thing. I will say that, you know, don't, don't, you may know this information, but you also have to understand that fans are going to, you know, freak out about it. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, ah, be a little bit cautious about sharing even i know it's offhanded and you're just relaxed and you know i don't i think that this was actually after the show is what i'm gathering i don't even think it happened on the podcast i'm not quite sure um but oh, yeah gosh, if it happened after the podcast then horowitz yeah. what are you doing right that's what i was confused about if it's off air but uh right so anyways i flash forward to a beautiful commentary of episode nine that's done by uh, jj and ryan no. together <laughs> <laughs> i like that yeah if i'm jj i call up simon peck and be like mate Socking it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of Ryan Johnson, he spoke with the LA Times last week and he talked about how it's bittersweet now that The Last Jedi film and marketing machine are now over. He shared that he was hesitant at first about having a documentary crew film his every move, uh, but then he realized that if they were going to get one shot at making a Star Wars movie, he wanted to lift the curtain. Johnson also talked about how his new trilogy, um, how he's approaching his new trilogy. Uh, he said that he's been thinking a lot about what is Star Wars. What do they need to retain from that to pull forward for it to still be Star Wars? And what can they leave behind? So I'm guessing his trilogy is not going to be about the Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> it's going to be something new. Um, I, somebody uh, asked us last week about, you know, if if the criticism will change any of the stories 
reading this article, do you guys think that Ryan Johnson has internalized any of that criticism or he's just doing his own thing? No. Uh, no, right? no. I mean, I, I think I think he has listened and weighed it. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember where I heard I read a quote of him talking about some of the things that people are the most upset about are the things I'm most proud of. Mm. You know, so it's always fine for anybody to go. That's not the direction that I like my Star Wars and I dislike the film for whatever mm. choices. But for from Ryan's perspective, he dug down into deep into who the characters are, what the themes are, and these were the right choices. And that's what I'm hearing he's doing. And as much as I love speculating, we're going to be doing a bunch of speculating about what are the Dan and Dave movies? Uh, You know, what are the TV shows coming out? I think let's listen to exactly what Ryan Johnson is saying. He is asking the big questions. Like I I go on and on about, I'm thinking Star Wars is a cocktail of the new and the old. Mm -hmm. I think he's looking at that. I think he's thinking about how much is nostalgia within the universe is important. How much is it important that it's a lived in universe? How necessary is it that it's a story of generations every time? He's asking those fundamental questions because he's going to create something brand new. Yeah. In in the director in the Jedi documentary, which I'm so glad they made, they always say someone is there to witness history, right? They always yeah. say that. They got that there. This movie needed that kind of insight. The curtain pulled back. You you talked about it last week, Joseph, that what Kathy Kennedy says about, you know, what, what made Star Wars work from George Lucas? What was it? What was at the core of yeah. it? Yeah. And that's what I'm hearing in Ryan's quote, like you just said. Is Star Wars just X-Wings and lightsabers? No, it's that's part of it, because we always say, well, that's not Star Wars enough. I say that more than anybody. Space whales might not be Star Wars <laughs> enough for me, but what is behind it there, what is there at the core makes, makes Star Wars. And I like, and even some people who are big critics of The Last Jedi, who I know personally, are like, no, I'm still excited for his trilogy, because he doesn't have to conform to anything that I feel about this saga or these characters. Yeah. So that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting to me. And I just think uh, there's speculating about what planet, what era. He's playing a whole different game. Right. Right. Very exciting. If you ever wanted to read about Sana Staros and Han Solo facing off against bounty hunters in Maz's castle, get ready for the <laughs> upcoming novel, Last Shot by Daniel Jose Older. StarWars.com shared another excerpt from the book, and it is action-packed. There's also a nice little nod to a storyline from the Clone Wars. Sana has made the progression from the comics to now the novel. But the question is, Mm. will we ever see her on screen? Will she be appearing in a TV show? If there's a trilogy for the Han Solo (laughs) or Lando, who knows? Um, What do you guys think? Can you keep up with the comics? I do keep up with the comics. And Santa Star Wars is a great character. I I was one of those Tessa Thompson for Santa Star Wars... Yeah. People uh, going into Solo, it didn't happen. Maybe, you know, a Lando spinoff or something like that. I'm still hopeful because it's an interesting character, an interesting history with Han, Chewie, and Lando. That that one-shot issue was within the Star Wars main storyline, but it was Lando and, and Santa Star Wars, a little side mission, a little side conversation. It was great. It was mm. one of my favorite issues. So I really do like this character. And I think I think eventually, feelings of what's connected or not to this, to the big screen Aside, I, I think some of the characters will start to move, and, and I think Santa Staros is one. It's interesting that she's showing up here. Yeah, right? Yeah, she's one of those characters that will make that move. Yeah, I don't, uh, I haven't read a lot of uh, her comic appearances, but it seems to me like she is an obvious character to draw into this uh, bounty hunter rogue scum yeah. world. And Maz is showing up a lot. Yeah, yeah, she is. It's great. And I feel like that's great because Force Awakens set her up to be a certain kind of character, and the story group and everyone is doing a great job filling in the back end and going, yep, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Maz is a character who would know that uh, Leia should. Get this bounty hunter's armor. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay. Let's talk about Mark Hamill. Uh, so <laughs> fans have been talking about this for a while, but now Mark Hamill is finally weighing in. Collider's, uh, Collider asked Hamill about his thoughts on recasting Leia for episode nine. And Hamill said that he thinks it would be tough because she is so indelibly linked with that character. And in his mind, she is irreplaceable. This video interview, I just... I love Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. He ju- I just want him to be like my uncle. Like he just <laughs> yeah. he just is so honest and and um you know heartfelt. But there is something that I'm noticing online and that mm. is is that there's like two camps and both are very passionate. Either we and we'll talk about this in the main show, do we recast her or mm. do we not recast her because we don't want to we can't imagine any bills right. besides Carrie Fisher. And fans seem very divided yeah. and very passionate about their mm-hmm. opinions. How do you guys fall on this spectrum? 
I mean, we're doing the legacy of Leia today, right? And yeah. That, that's about the character. Carrie Fisher's part of that legacy. I mean, a large driving force, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Joseph, I give you all the credit in the world for the, being the first to really lay, on, lay upon my heart, like an old-time <laughs> pastor, that if the character needs to go on in any way, it would be a disservice to the character that has this great legacy yeah. to not continue to tell that story. But, and maybe you would agree, I think you would, it somehow magically ended in a great spot in episode eight where I don't think we need to go on anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we might touch on this a little bit more, uh, in our main topic, but, uh, yeah, I, I had brought up long time ago. Hey, if Leia's story isn't finished, maybe recasting with somebody like exactly who people are asking for. Meryl Streep would be amazing because she's got that, uh, connection. And I feel like I might still feel that way if episode eight ended with Leia staring out the window and Mm -hmm. saying, I can still get to Kylo. Like if there was yeah. a cliffhanger on Leia's arc, then I feel it would mm. become this conversation of what is respectful to Carrie Fisher? What is respectful to this character that she created and lived? But since it ended with her handing the baton mm-hmm. to Poe and Ray and Finn, I personally don't feel the pull to recast. Right. And, and we'll talk more in the legacy about other ways that Leia could be present in episode nine and other ways to handle all that. But I'm not, right. I'm not feeling that pull exactly because her story felt completed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jennifer? Yeah, I I totally agree. And what was interesting about this interview with, with Mark Hamill was that he really does not seem to know where they're going with it, other mm-hmm. than he was very firm about saying that, you know, that he doesn't think that they're going to do CGI or anything like that, like they did mm-hmm. with uh, Peter Cushing. Um, so, yeah. But I think for me, he spoke for how I feel, which mm-hmm. is that she is so intertwined, Carrie Fisher is so intertwined with the character of Leia. I cannot imagine, and we'll talk about it more, but I, I can't imagine anybody else right now, mm-hmm. f- you know, be playing her. It would just be too much. I still think if, if you're going to come down to it, you err on the side of don't do it. Yes. But, the, if, if, you know, I, I'd be int- I'd be interested. I, at this point, I just don't think they will. I just don't think the story needs it. But no. yeah, it's uh, it, there should be a lot of feelings about it because Carrie Fisher and Leia are very important to us. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think Mark Hamill is a, a real... Uh, this this question, he handled it so well. Because that's a hard question because we are beginning to move a little bit beyond a, a grief period for Carrie Fisher where people are, yeah. and, and we're going to do it too, prognosticating about the character of Leia. And for Mark Hamill, who this is always going to be a deeply personal question, I thought he answered it really, really well of like, yeah, I know you're, you're asking a mm-hmm. kind of super into Star Wars question. Yeah. What's next for Leia? And there's no way that Mark Hamill can't hear that about his life in history with this human being. That's and right. I, thought he, I thought he answered it really elegantly. Mm-hmm. Yes, agreed. agreed. As he often does. Yeah, so that's the news for this week. That's the news. We are still here, not out of here. And, uh, you know, I did pretty good. I rolled up my sleeves, but I held myself, all right? I pulled my <laughs> pants up a little bit. The, yeah. Uh, it was great. The news <laughs> gets all to adjusted me our clothes. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars news, that's it there. But don't forget, for you, the listeners of the Force Center podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And we, Joseph, are recommending... Bloodline. Since we're talking about Leia, that's the great Leia book. It's uh, written uh, by Claudia Gray, of course, uh, and uh, it tells you so much more about what's going on in the sequel trilogy and what's going on in Leia's life. Absolutely. Need to know the state of the galaxy? Start with Bloodline. And to download your free audiobook copy of Bloodline or anything today, go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook download. Okay, let's get into this discussion. Joseph, uh, I'd like to lean on you here for a little bit to lead (laughs) us through this emotional discussion. Jennifer, let's jump in here. The legacy of Leia. Yeah. Princess Leia Organa of Alderaan. This is a all-time character, not just in Star Wars. It's one of the biggest characters in all of pop culture and culture in general. And then the journey of Carrie Fisher is forever intertwined with it. Yep. And to see her fall from grace in a lot of people's eyes, whether that's right or wrong, because uh, she's always a great author, great writer, had great appearances in man, one of my favorite movies, When Harry Met Sally. All the, and then to see her come back with a sequel trilogy and the world to embrace her in a way that I think had they hadn't yeah. uh, for a while, at least. Same with Hamill, but definitely with Carrie. This has been an interesting and tragic and bittersweet journey yeah as well but there's definitely a legacy to leia yeah yeah and i think it is this delicate uh dance to talk about what carrie fisher did to create the character of leia but then 
Leia is a fictional character and she does go on and she will go on, mm-hmm. uh, certainly be a presence in episode nine and certainly I think in books and movies and that. So there's that, how, how do you always have reverence for the fact that Carrie Fisher made her, but now the character is going to keep rolling just like Luke and Han yeah. and all these other characters and Lando. Um, so I'm curious since we, we tackled the recast question and, and we're all on board right now of like, we don't see the need to even open mm-hmm. that Pandora's box because of episode eight. But there's still the real practical question of how do you acknowledge, how do you use, use mm-hmm. is not a great word, but yeah. how, how do you take the opportunity of this necessary story point that Leia's not in the movie to propel the movie forward? So where are you guys at with the kind of some of the typical predictions? Do you want it acknowledged in the crawl? Do you want it a funeral scene? Is there something else? Do you want uh, CGI? This is this not her face, but like, hey, she's on a ship and it, yeah. there's a big battle and this ship blows up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or like Peter Sellers after his death and, the, and that Pink Panther movie. They just, the rest of the movie finished with just a look over his shoulder the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Famously for yeah. Doctor Who fans, uh, Colin Baker, the sixth doctor, they let him, they fired him and then said, also, will you come back to regenerate? And it's uh, the seventh doctor in a wig. And it's just, it's that, that's what's lodged in my heart of like, yeah. you feel that emptiness. Right. Mm. It makes you stare at that emptiness when you do the like, over the shoulder, yeah. it's, you know, Plan 9 from Outer Space, it's the chiropractor. Yes. yes. You know, yeah. We, we don't need that. Jennifer, these are tough questions, so start answering. Yeah, I think that... <laughs> okay, no CGI, no over the shoulder. But I think... I don't think the crawl is, is not enough. Hmm. I think it would feel too dismissive hmm. of of not only Carrie Fisher's uh, presence, but also Leia's presence. So I think that what we would have to do, uh, speculating, is start with a flash forward. You know, and so 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 it's not in the back because it's going to be on the back of our in the back of our minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just you know, get get the story going, and then flash back at some point to some sort of ceremonial thing, a funeral, something is going to be incredibly difficult to watch. It's going to be oh my goodness, it's going to be if they do this. But mm-hmm. I think it's a great way to honor both Carrie Fisher and also the character. Yeah. You know, without yeah. starting on that note. I think that's a tough note to start on. Yeah, I don't. I don't want just the Marcus Brody frame picture in, in like the fourth Indiana Jones, you know, yeah. or a statue on the school campus. So that, that was it was actually done decently well in, in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That's right, a thing was done decently well in Indiana Jones four. <laughs> I I'm preparing myself for the crawl being part of it. Mm. I understand what you're saying, Jennifer. I, I'm on board with that. That it has to be more. Time jump wise, where this movie ends up, we we can have the character of Leia pass on whenever you want in, the, in that time frame. So it could be at the beginning of this movie, Joseph. It could be like you said, a ship blows up we don't ever see on it, and and they that's the first orders kind of striking back here or something like that, and that starts the sequence of the events in the movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. And then her legacy, her legacy is a leader and a mentor still in place, but but maybe. Maybe we get to deal with it in the movie more than just the crawl. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's fascinating now that they have really uh, clearly brought up the nature of death being meaningful mm. because Han took this big emotional risk and he died violently. Yeah. And it kind of makes sense to Han's life. And Luke uh, achieved this great pacifism in, in passing on. Right. So the actual story of how she died mm-hmm. is so important. And yeah, I have yeah. no doubt we're going to talk about it more. I have no doubt we're going to get that. Uh, I, I suspect my prediction is that Claudia Gray will write a movie novel mm. to truly tell the story. Mm-hmm. But then right. how do you incorporate that into a movie where you've had respect for how she passed? Because is, it, is that the way we want Leia's story to end is... She's on a ship and it blows up right no. the, in the beginning she's, of a movie. She's no, on we want it to have USS Akbar and it, yeah. it goes up. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah. We yeah. want it to have some meaning, some choice. So then you lean towards like, yes, yeah, well, a, a cool sacrifice. But then you get into the over the shoulder, yeah, CGI. So like to me, I think it is going to begin with some time has passed. Yeah, I I, Jennifer is on. You're right on with that, if, I think. If I'm in the room with Abrams and Chris Terrio, I never will be. If I'm in the room, yeah, I, I want the death to already have had happened. Yes. And already have an effect on the characters, and that's part of the starting point. Mm-hmm. You know, funeral, I don't know. I don't know if I need that, right. but it. I, I'd like it already to have happened. You're right. I don't want this to be the inciting incident Yeah. from screenwriting terms. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you're very right, Joseph. The, the deaths of Han and Luke were 
character growth yeah. points. Han's growing even at the end. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Woo. Yeah. Tough one. Tough That's one. Tough. I do think that there is the, the possibility of not having her death be the inciting event, mm-hmm. but having something that Leia put in place be the in- inciting event to me seems like what might be more positive. That's a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. okay. Is That's it, good. is, uh, do we begin the movie with, uh, a uh, not a not a truce, but like some sort of uh, diplomacy. Like the the galaxy is at war, uh, yeah. and Leia, her last act was setting up this meeting between Poe and Hux. <laughs> you know, and we begin at or, or is or does she have a brave, brilliant plan to mm-hmm. like? I've seen wars again and again. Here's how to end this one, mm-hmm. and here's how to end the uh, war in a way that the war won't come back. Here's what we need. Here's what I did wrong. The first time, first here's time, what the galaxy yeah. did wrong. But if they have some plan that Leia left behind, that's what I'm really hoping for. Something that truly that's incorporates her actual legacy. Yeah, not that, just her death. Mm. Absolutely. That that's that's I like that. Yeah, Sold. I like that too. And I think that what I think about is how you know Carrie Fisher was so loved by not only fans, but the people that worked with her. And, you know, I, I'm hopeful that they are going to do exactly what you're saying and, and honor Carrie and Leia in a way that is really beautiful, is woven into the story. So it's not felt like, okay, we have, we have this to deal with. We're just going to deal with it and get over yeah. with it. I don't think that that's going to happen. I think they're going to make a really touching tribute and continue her legacy or rather close her legacy in a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, the song, the solo death, we that funeral we we got in the book, which was mm. good. But yeah, we, it, to me, it was acknowledged enough of those dice that that that, that was over. Was, yeah, I felt Han in that movie, yes. and it was haunting Kylo and mm-hmm. Luke. We got to see Luke find out, so that presence was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm also curious uh, to see if we've always got this discussion of how much do you need to have read something else to know. What's happened right. to see the movie? So, how would you guys feel if we do get a moving Claudia Gray book three months before the film? It's the journey to episode nine, and Uber Star Wars fans all know the story. Right. And then, you know, just normal people come to the movie theater seeing a crawl that she passed away. How do you guys feel about that? That that's the big. That's so funny because this question that we've had for the last couple of years is how much should you read that stuff? How much should it factor in? That's where. The, the argument tumbles that you need to have everything connected and, and uh, I, I want it connected to a certain yeah. level. Yes, yes, yes. But you can't handle it entirely in one, in a book or a comic and then go into episode nine and be like, cool, y'all read that book, right? Because most of the people will have not. So that's why the pressure is on the movie. Yeah. Do I want that Claudia Gray book that we keep, you know, bandying about that we'd love to see? Absolutely. Uh, I want it if if that if they're going to handle it, that's where I want. It. I don't want it in a comic series or video game. And they they'd put it in a book. Yeah, Claudia Gray absolutely knows Leia and has written this character so well. I think so. Yeah, uh, that that big question that proves it right there that you need to, you need to keep <laughs> it up on screen. Yeah. for it to quote count for the general public. Yeah, how would you feel about a book, Jennifer? I l- I like it, but what I think that they would have with Claudia Gray was what I'm going to say. We're just making so <laughs> yeah. many assumptions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I think she would have to do, and what I think she might do, would be um, taking. Like, like what you're saying, Joseph, about this plan that Leia has, and we would see that. We would see the things that they cannot do on screen in this in this book as if Carrie was alive. That, yeah. That's what I kind of feel like filling in those details might we might see in the book or getting to know more about how the characters are feeling, how they're dealing with this grief. We might get more of that in book form yeah. as opposed to in the film. Yeah. My fear about the book is that they have been smarter to uh, let the movie be developed and not have, like, I, I feel like a book could lock them in place and they did such a good job on a journey to A Last Jedi of not being backed into corners by the books and the toys mm-hmm. and, you know, the the Constable Zuvio. Zuvio, era, Zuvio yeah. Factor Zuvio. And I think they've been much, I think that's why we're not sudden, that's not why, that's why we're not getting a Snoke book next year, probably. Yeah. Because they want to let this whole thing play out so they don't accidentally... Back yeah. themselves into something, so then part of me feels like a, a book giving a richer end to Leia. So Uber fans, yeah, aren't as distracted by that would be good. But a part of me feels like it can't come out before the movie because they want to give the movie more room to change and grow um, in the edit room in the reshoots. Yeah, and just the simple, yeah. 
you know, spoiler factor. Right. Yeah. If, if a book comes out, like, oh, well, we kind of know how they're going to deal with this or we know, you know, yeah. I almost want to go into nine learning about it in that moment. Yeah. As the crawl comes up and then get the book after. That's an excellent point. Yes. And, and the Snoke book. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Book, lay a book. Yeah. Have them all come later. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, what, what do we want to see the legacy of the character be? In books and comics and video games and Forces of Destiny, if uh, if the, char- the character is going to move forward, right? right. Going to mm-hmm. appear in other media. Yep. How do we want it to happen? Jennifer, how do you want this character? I, I have some strong opinions of what they've done successfully. But I want to hear, hear your thoughts oh, yeah. first before I, well, I love, barf. <laughs> I love what they've done with, with, with her character in Forces of Destiny. Um, it's been a fun way for me to introduce you know, my daughter to the character of Leia, who she's you know, seen in, in books and things like that, but she has not seen Leia in the films. So Forces of Destiny is a nice little um, way, introduction for her. Um, you know, and books is great. I, I feel like we're going to have to take a little break. Mm-hmm. I think... In terms of moving her character forward in the films, no, let let's let's let that breathe for a little bit. Mm. But we can continue telling her story in the comics and in the animated series. I I, I like that because Leia is such an important character uh, for us as fans and also in the story. So mm. it would be weird if mm-hmm. they suddenly just stopped. Yeah, you know. Um, and so. there's no sign that they're going to. No, yeah. no. But it is something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I really think they've done a great job with this character and, and all the big characters in the video games, books, and, 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 and supplemental material. And I see with Leia, when it comes to like Forces of Destiny and video games, I'm thinking Battlefront 2 and the, the mission you got to get to play with her, they really highlight she is a, a character of action. Yeah. She's not the damsel in distress. All the things we know, all the things we get in the garbage chute flyboy stuff that we saw, they highlight that. And the Forces of Destiny crew does that so well. Like, here's Leia, you know, yep, she got this dress, but she wants the spear with it. Right. And they're really yeah. so they're great. really good at that. And then the the books and then the comics really double down and dive into the leadership mentor side. And it makes sense that she, for me, makes sense that she would have told Luke, you know what, second thought, I don't want to be a Jedi because it's going to take me away what I think I'm here for, mm-hmm. which yeah. is providing good leadership to a galaxy that needs it. And I think you see that a lot. So that's why I think those two sides, it captures everything we love about this these this character. Yeah, yeah. And these properties. I think that's great. Great barf, Ken. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing labor. Yeah, I want to... Uh, the more I was thinking about it is... Uh, this is not strictly Leia's story, but I feel like as the sequel trilogy wraps up, it is going to be leaving this large story on the table of basically the fall of Ben Solo. So like all yeah. of all of the stories that we want more clarity on crystallize around that event of Luke deciding to start the temple of exactly how did Snoke come to first order power and how how did he manipulate Ben? Right. How yeah. is Han just totally aware of this you know, yeah, this so. d- d- injured, you know, <laughs> gold robe wearing guy. And Han's just like, yeah, Snoke, that guy. Like, mm-hmm. it, did, did Snoke and Leia sit down at a table? And I think Snoke was their butler <laughs> at one point. <laughs> yeah, he, he was, we've got this new charming guy who's selling us clothes. Uh, he sold Lando some great capes. He's a, yeah. he's a robe salesperson. But I feel like depending on how that story is told, Leia could also, also be at the heart of it. And it could be a story like we were talking about last episode of motherhood of yeah. like she is the one who she mentions it in Force Awakens makes the choice to say, yeah, I think you should go with your Uncle Luke mm. uh, and, and sees that as the point at which she made an error, mm-hmm. you know. But did she butt political heads with Snoke as the First Order came into, you know, the, yeah. the known galaxy? And like, we just want to sit in this corner and Leia's at the bargaining table with him going like, no, you no, don't. <laughs> I don't believe you for a second, yeah. Snoke. All of that. It'd be. It's not just Leia's story, but I feel like it's kind of like the biggest part of her life that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. And I, I, it would be cool to have like a ridiculously huge Shadows of the Empire like campaign mm. that is the fall of Ben Solo with all of these spokes of yeah. Luke's story, Leia's story, Snoke's story that we haven't got told that all center around that yeah. event. 
I mean, we all wanted to see Luke versus Snoke. I, I get it. I was in that camp, too, and we didn't get direct. We might see it in another form. But I, I would have loved to have seen Leia and Snoke kind of like a Elena Tyrell, Tywin Lannister conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like, I, I know who you are. I know who you I are. I know who you are. Yeah. What? <laughs> I'm just a man in robes. Yes. Uh, robes don't fool Leia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You big walking drape. Get out of my way, you big walking drape. (laughs) Uh, You garish eyesore. Uh, Jennifer, you were saying that you weren't sure uh, how much more we need to see your live action? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay, no, go ahead. No, 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 please. No, yeah, no, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, you're ready. I'm ready. Millie Bobby Brown. Yes. Everybody's losing their mind about Millie Bobby Brown. How do you feel about wanting to see a, a young Leia in any context with Millie Bobby Brown? I am losing my mind over this. <laughs> and this this is where I think it's it's interesting is that like yes I want I want a break. Let's not let's not have Meryl Streep, you know, be cast as Leia. No. Mm. But going back and doing a young Leia movie a hundred percent. Again, obviously, this, I think that this would happen, you know, after twenty twenty. Um, so that will give us a little bit more time to kind of, you know, digest things and and still grieve and and whatnot. But what a triumphant return for the character on screen with this young actress who is just so talented and so um, she's just she's she's a real star, you yeah. know. And and that's what you need in this character is which is you know so fascinating but she's a great actress but she also has that charisma that carrie naturally had yeah she has like an energy and like a a great sense of humor to her and a great sense of like power Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. give us the young the young uh leia of alderaan story yeah great scowl great (laughs) when when 11's going off yeah i i think claudia gray did it so well with leia princess of, of alderaan that i don't feel i need any more stories in that time frame but i can't move past the idea that once i saw millie bobby brown as a young leia carrie fisher in one of those internet memes that went around much like the not so much the sebastian stan one for me and a lot of people yeah, yeah. all right he looks oh, like yeah. luke and he likes the character i get it but that one i i can't move past it i'm like oh that that would be much like you and McGregor in the desert is Obi Wan. Like the will of the force. Yeah, like right? a wasted yeah. opportunity if we don't figure it out. But story wise, Claudia Gray kind of emptied the tank for me. Like it's all there. I think Leia Princess of Alderaan's perhaps uh, one of the best stories out there in Star Wars canon right now. So I, I got all I needed from that story. But would I be opposed to it? Absolutely not. Yeah, I'm in the same general ballpark with what what stories left to be told with Leia. Yeah, but this is where I'm hoping is many fans have tweeted us uh, that with the Disney streaming service they make some made for TV movies. We used to yeah. talk about them Ooh. and like, why not just make princess of Alderaan, <laughs> Leia, princess of Alderaan. Why not just translate Heidi the, book? the musical? Oh my gosh. I love that idea. Just make yeah. the book with Millie Bobby uh, Brown because there yes. is the, the beating heart of that story. That's good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I enjoy that. I idea. need this. And you know what else is that, is that they're really trying to, they want to be more inclusive with their stories. Mm-hmm. And this would be great for young female fans to see to see Leia in this way. I'm excited for my daughter at this possibility and the merchandise that we can buy. <laughs> well, and we, we talked about, and we are going to talk more, Jennifer. We're going to have you sit down with us and lead us in a discussion about motherhood and Star Wars one day. <laughs> We're going to do that. Yeah. Um, but if they adapt that story, uh, the Brea Organa, Brea? I mean, that, that oh, would be some yeah. stuff we haven't seen oh on, the, on the screen before. Wow. Yeah, that would be uh, just amazing. There's yeah. so much in that book to to pull out, you know. And it's this uh not that it's a direct connection, but this is also one of the reasons that I hope that solo mm-hmm. uh, a Star Wars story is successful to see that there's a, a market for just telling a little sliver of one of these characters' lives and mm-hmm. it's not going to change anything, yes. but it's just getting to spend more time with a beloved character. Yeah, we don't need a Leia young adult series to answer whether or not she knew she was false sensitive and tied yeah. into the... Co- just, yeah, she was learning politics and things Yeah, she goes that. in the world between worlds and visits yeah, Padme, yeah. and that's why that. she remembers her. Don't need that. <laughs> oh, don't need that. I mean, she learned about love, she learned about romance, yeah. she learned about politics, everything growing up. It was all there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jennifer, you also, also touched on this. Uh, the general bigger picture idea with Luke Han and Leia of when is it going to be time to move on from the big three a little bit? And, and Ken, you're, you're spending, I think, the most uh, quality time with them because of the ongoing comic book. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I'll, 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 I, I say the time is, uh, is never. We don't need to move past them. We need to move past them in the in the saga story because that's part of what even Yoda's telling us. Yeah. We are mm-hmm. what they grow beyond. 
Um, and, and we'll always have the original trilogies, but we'll always have them now in these stories that go on, which is part of the fun of the expanded new Star Wars canon, I think. They'll always be there. But at some point, you have to accept that these characters uh, do end yeah. and be okay with it. I don't know. Yeah. Jennifer, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Ken. And I think what we should take from it is like what they represent. So I think we should you continue with Jedi stories. We should continue with scoundrels and smugglers. Mm. We should continue with stories about politics and, and that whole side of it. So each one represents something very important, but we don't have to always go back to that well of, okay, well, there's only one Jedi, Luke. Ah, you know, like let's let's learn about you know more and let's go beyond it. Uh, let's go to the criminal underworld and mm-hmm. <laughs> see Jabba. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm all for that of Jedi way in the future, finding the holocron of yeah. Luke Skywalker and learning yeah. learning more from the legacy. Exactly. And like, you know, we talk about the Holdo maneuver, but I'm sure Leia's come up with lots of maneuvers, whether right. it's a political or with a spaceship or a blaster and having mm-hmm. people do the Leia maneuver and all those kind of things. I think just by the nature of storytelling, as you know, all of these new movies that are allegedly going to come out, we're going to generate a lot more characters to tell stories about right so yeah, yeah i think the these characters will maybe even i don't know not diminish in our minds but yeah. maybe the amount of content therein will right you know will quiet down and then there'll be a, a great renaissance mm-hmm. right no one's ever really gone no yeah. <laughs> uh any, any uh, we're get, as we kind of head toward the yeah. general end of the discussion any other thoughts specifically about leia's legacy in, in episode nine Mm. Yeah, I want to see. Here's what I don't. Here's what I don't need. I don't need them to constantly say we're doing it for Leia. For Leia, she yeah. taught me this. She, we get that. <laughs> and the comics, the Poe Dameron comic, has a lot of great moments. You guys have heard me talk about it with Leia and Poe, and Leia just being a general and in control. So I don't need that, but I, 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 I do need to feel that it's it's there. But you know what I mean? Like I don't need it yeah. pointed out. Okay, maybe in the beginning of the movie, but. I don't need uh, hold. Let's hold hands with conics and be like for Leia. Like that eh, might be a great moment, but right. Make sure it serves the story. Okay, Jennifer. Yeah, I agree, and that's what they did so well with Han Solo uh, throughout Episode Eight. Was that you? You felt his presence. There were little nods, but it wasn't like hit you hit, hitting you over the head uh, with this. Uh, you know, with his death. So yeah, I think that we're, I think we're gonna feel her. I think right. we're gonna we're definitely gonna feel Leia's presence and Carrie's as well in some way. Yeah. 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 I, I'm all on board for that. I've been thinking more and more about episode nine as r- r- wrapping up the Skywalker saga for now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had this uh, cycle of wars and I really hope that there's some wisdom pulled, not in a for Leia way, but in a truly deep way of like, she is a Skywalker. Right. She's part of the Skywalker saga. Yeah. How is this one going to end differently than just, we won. Yeah. Did, I yep, think they no. got to win in a different way, and I hope it would be so cool if it was because they learned from Leia, they won in a different way. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's... I, what you just said there, and I made the yub-dub joke with apologies to Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> I, we, we need to have a different kind of ending. We need to know, especially if Nine, just not just wraps up the Skywalker saga, but just the Galaxy saga, right? Yeah. I mean, we need to know... Yes, the story can go on, and we can write more books. We can make 10, 11, and 12. I want 10, 11, and 12. I want to be 70 talking about Star Wars, yeah. all right? I have no problem with that. But yeah, I, I, how, does, how does it, especially now for storytelling now, we're not going to all buy. We won't buy. The First Order's destroyed. Porgs are hitting Stormtrooper helmets. <laughs> not gonna, we're not going to buy that anymore. Right. So, and how does that tie into to Leia? Yeah, and what, what her yeah. understanding of the galaxy and the legacy of the Skywalkers are. Good point. I think there's some, some fascinating things out there. Yeah. Uh, Want to talk a little bit also just about our own personal, as we do on Force Center here, real-world memories of Leia in, in impact. We've talked about in the big picture mm-hmm. what she's meant. But I'm just really interested in, like, Personally, when you think of Leia, what are, what are the like? Are there action figure moments? Are there mm-hmm. you know inspiring actual life choice moments? Yeah, Jennifer. I mean, I, I have my views from my point of view, but yours probably has a lot more value right now. And growing up, Star Wars in the eighties, where yeah. it was a different time for you. Yeah, it was exciting to see this this character who was you know the self rescuing princess, and you know had this had this this charm and this wit about her could hold her own. Um, that was very exciting to see on screen. But for me, what was such a huge turning point was getting to know Carrie Fisher, the actress and seeing how on screen she was this like perfect in my mind, perfect princess, but knowing the actress that played her was so 
real and um, and, and truthful about her struggles with um, depression and being bipolar. That to me was like, oh, she is she was a hero for me mm-hmm. um, off screen, and it was almost a little bit more important for me to to because I could relate to her more. Yeah. For me, Leia was just like, you know, she's like the end all be all what I would aspire to be, but I always identified with Luke. I felt more like, you mm-hmm. know, I was filled with self-doubt, but when I connected with Carrie Fisher, the actress, I was like, "Oh, I, I get you." Yeah. And that was really powerful that she allowed herself to be so vulnerable and open with fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think I I connected with Carrie Fisher the the humor certainly but also like seeing like, oh, she wrote a book? Mm-hmm. She wrote a movie? And yeah. then, uh, you know, in her great renaissance here for the sequel trilogy that she's really loud and proud about, yeah, ageism sucks. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I said yes, because I'm an older woman. When does an older woman get to be in a blockbuster? I'm going to, you know, like, so that's, that's really powerful to me. In terms of Leia, it's just kind of amazing how much this character has walked through my life with me. Mm. Like I, I was lucky enough to, to grow up with, uh, my my mother and my grandmother were were both very uh, strong figures uh, who were not going to be told what to do. Uh, so I think I just saw Leia as like, oh, she is like my mom and my grandma, and like Aww. this is mm-hmm. this is the way everyone should be is just kind of stand up for yourself. But then just like all the flood of memories, I could talk for eight hours about every memory of an action figure mm-hmm. and what stories I worked out with her. And uh, I bought a cardboard standee when I was very uh, young in my comedy career as a, as a comedy bit of like, what's a, you know, a funny thing for this weird character to have is a Christmas present that he's going to fight and kill for. It's like a cardboard standee of Leia. Yeah. And that has literally like walked through life with me. Yeah. And, you know, been, I, it has startled so many people as they enter apartments that I own. Yeah. Cause it's the one where she's got the blaster out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had an apartment that got broken into and, and the police, when they came over, like, Oh, Oh, okay. Oh, it's, okay. It's, it's just Leo. And, and they were too scared to take that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. 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 So just such a, a presence of strength and humor. Yeah. Strength and humor. The growing up, you know, that's why I want to look at like Jenna Bush's Legion of Leia. That makes sense because mm. like there's this legacy of this, her, there was other characters in other properties, but, for all a lot of us in the 80s, this was the one, unfortunately, one female character we had to choose from, and yeah. I learned from it. I think I've, I've joked about it before, but I was, you know, a lot of what I find attractive in women nowadays, which is what I seek, comes a little bit from <laughs> the feisty princess who's like, "Give me that blaster, right. idiot!" Like I, yeah. I, I really think, <laughs> and I looked at that, and 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 so that's kind of the the character growing up with it. And wanting to collect, I mean, the picture hanging here in the studio, it's, 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 it's Leia, it's, it's Nan Larson's, uh, Nan Larson's art. Um, so the character itself, and then she, Carrie Fisher was, well, I grew up in a small town far, three hours north of Hollywood, but that's far away. I didn't know things. My parents weren't big movie fans. So when I heard Carrie Fisher was a writer, I was like, oh, she isn't just a actress. She's right. I learned a lot about oh here's what here's what women are capable of when you're growing up in a time where you weren't taught that mm-hmm. in the 80s i wasn't taught that yeah. stuff and so i learned a lot of that from carrie fisher and then to see the renaissance which was an absolute renaissance she was a tabloid punchline at some points yeah. i remember some oh, of the yes. national Enquirer look at the princess now and she's overweight she was a punchline to see this renaissance I uh, had the chance, obviously, as you guys know, to meet her in person and, 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 and to see what that meant to young girls dressed up as her, not going, I liked you in Star Wars, going, oh, I'm bipolar too and I'm 11 and you've helped me with that. That's valuable. And she had a journey that was not unlike Roddy Roddy Piper, Hot Rod, Rod Piper from uh, uh, Pro Wrestling, one of my favorite guys, who at the end of his life, you could tell if you got, he knew all of us comics in that circle. He knew I knew him from indie wrestling for a little bit. It was like, I made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. I'm going to die. He used to say, there was interviews. He was like, I'll probably be dead at 60. He died of a heart attack at 60. Wow. And he would sit and say, he'd tell my friend Paul's police officers, I know you take care of your daughter. You take care of your daughter because I left home too much. And he, and he had this sense of, I'm going to give back because I made mistakes. And you had that sense with Carrie Fisher at the end who owned it. I think even, I think there was, we know she died. When she died, there was drugs in her body. And I think even her family were like, yeah, that was, that was, that's part of her legacy is being destroyed by an industry or destroyed by a disease that people don't understand. And I think that now we've grown into that 
where she is a great figure and an action figure for me and all of us here in the room. But to see now there's that value, like you said, Jennifer, it's it, she knew who, what she was, faults, warts, addictions and all, mm-hmm. struggles and all. And I think that is valuable. And I'm glad that got celebrated at the end, yeah. that she could see that. I think it's a really yeah. a really great and powerful connection between the story, uh, the fantasy story of Leia Organa yep. and the real story of Carrie Fisher of that that big life lesson of it's not I fought the battle and I won and I came out and everything's peachy. Right. It's that you're never ready. Mm-hmm. You're always in the battle and you're always keeping that spark of hope alive and you're yeah. using whatever tools you have, your strength, your humor, your wisdom to keep fighting the good fight. And she's the funniest one out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. I, I miss her. I would have loved to seen her reaction to The Last Jedi. Oh, oh my so gosh. good. Those tweets that she would have that oh, spelled she... things out with all of the weird emojis. <laughs> weird emojis. Yeah, have been so, yeah, just, I mean, uh, man, I would yeah. be watching YouTube video after YouTube <laughs> yeah. video of Carrie Fisher's opinion on porgs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer, uh, pitch it to you for any final thoughts on her legacy, on how she inspires you moving forward in life, any thing you want to say oh gosh i'm just i'm just so glad that that we got to know carrie fisher and that she shared so much especially in the later part of her life and with the princess diarist getting to getting Mm -hmm. to see that behind the scenes look of what was going on through her mind through the filming and and it just was i'm so grateful so so grateful for her um not just for for us as fans but for you know society and and our culture so thank you carrie Mm -hmm. thank you carrie our princess indeed Keeping that hope alive. That's right. Keeping that spark hope. of hope alive, which is maybe a flame. Yeah. Going forward. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Joseph, for leading us through the discussion of the legacy of Leia. We're not done talking about Leia. We'll always talk about Leia. We do want to get some audience questions before we get out of here, though. We always take uh, questions from you guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Patreon. Let's dive in with Sebastian Acha. We always have fun with the names. I'm going with Ancha. <laughs> there wasn't a Wilhelm scream in The Last Jedi, and that made some fans really unhappy, considering nostalgia is a dangerous thing. What other elements could you live without in the galaxy far, far away? Maybe wipes are next on the list, the George <laughs> Lucas wipes. What do you guys think about this one here, Joseph? Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure it is just a typo, but uh, I, I like the idea that there's the Wilhelm scream and then something called a Wilhelm scream, yeah. <laughs> which would be perhaps a different scream that I don't know about. I'm sure it's just a typo. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's kind of okay. I think it's natural that things move on a little bit. Um, I'm really glad that in uh, in eight, the I've got a bad feeling about this was BB-8 because it was a twist. Yep, looks like in Solo, it's going to be the inversion of I've got a good feeling about this. But I think some of those traditions, if we if we cling to them they will make Star Wars feel stale. So I think yes. it is good to move on from things. I personally hope there's not a crawl on Solo. I hope mm-hmm. crawls are of the main saga. Saga mm-hmm. film? Yeah, and yeah. I, I hope that some of those things evolve and change. I, I find myself a little bit stubborn with the crawl, but I, I, I'm i okay. Like, Solo it would make a little more sense to not have. Like, I get it. Rogue One, I was just like, okay. But I like, but I like the cold open, and I think we're going to get another cold open with Solo. But anyways, yeah, yeah oh, I, good. I, I agree with you there, too. Joseph, that you, uh, you are. So the scream wasn't. I noticed it right away when the movie ended. I was like, "Oh, they didn't do the scream." I thought I heard the scream. Am it's, I the it's, only one? It's not in there. It's yeah, not it's not in there. There's a scream that sounds similar, similar. and yeah, and the what... sound designer said they introduced a new scream that they think is funny and are hoping to catch on, but they're not going to tell people what it is because they want people to have the same joy that people did. The yeah. internet of discovering the Wilhelm scream and going, what is that? Yeah. Why is that in every movie? And right. it's not just a Star Wars tradition. So, yeah. yeah right, so I didn't right. feel like a Star Wars tradition was ended at all. It's just a fun little Yeah. So a new one it. was created. Okay. okay yeah. Well, yeah. There you go. Sense. There you go. Yeah. It's funny. I actually had the same idea. I've got a bad feeling about this. Let's, let's switch it up. Make it a little bit fresh, like you're saying, with Solo yeah. and yeah. BB-8. Give us yeah. something a little bit new. All right. Thanks, Sebastian, for that one there. Lisa Godfrey reached out to us on Facebook and says, Theory, if there was no time jump in Episode Nine, my theory is that Ezra, Sabine, Ahsoka, and Jason so- uh, Sindula answer Leia's call for help, and they help to rebuild the rebellion. I'm pretty sure that way... Uh, the way uh, that she's way off in this, but it's fun to think about. Yeah, theories are fun. We love to speculate responsibly here. Could this big Rebels crossover with Episode Nine happen? <laughs> uh, I don't think so, just because no. I don't think that's the way J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio are saying, like, what uh, what other properties we have to move into yeah. this? It is great, and it makes a sense uh, a certain sense of logic. So there's a part of me like, that'd be cool. Another yeah. part of me is like, uh, I, I can't wait to hear those characters' stories and just yeah. let them be separate. 
Yeah, and Lisa's having fun with this. Yeah, absolutely, Jennifer. But yeah. but this is a wild one. But you know, I, I'm sure she's not the only one who would want this. Yeah, no, absolutely. It it does make me think. Like, would they be able to use Carrie's audio and not actually use a voice actress, but mm. somehow manipulate Carrie Fisher's audio as Leia? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, for like an animated series, I'm sorry, I didn't make that clear. Um, yeah, if there was an animated series going forward. Mm. Yeah, oh know. yeah, that would be amazing if it, if it was that they all intend to answer the call right to help Leia, but right. they, they run into some trouble <laughs> on the way. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to save the resistance. Trouble on the way to the forum. There. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks, Lisa, for that. I I do like the idea to look the theory. I, I mean, I want Zay and Shriv to show up with Lando in Episode Nine. I don't even know how I'm going to get that. So yeah. we will definitely see from Patreon. You can support us at Patreon.com/slash Force Center. Dylan Ratcliffe writes with the Last Jedi now available on new platforms. Did any of you rewatch it? How do you enjoy it from a home viewing perspective? Well, we famously tried to watch it digitally, and that eventually worked for us, Joseph. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have not watched the actual movie just by itself. Oh, I've watched okay. all the additional stuff. I watched the commentary. Mm-hmm. And I know, Ken, you are a background watcher. Yes. Uh, and I'd really like to sit down and just really enjoy it. And, right. you know, it's part of juggling all, all this different media. I'm waiting for the right time where I can do nothing but just rewatch The Last Jedi at home and have that experience kind of fresh. That that is smart. I, I am a I am a background watcher. That needs to be like a T-shirt for me. Background <laughs> watcher, <laughs> not creepy at all, Jennifer. Yeah, no, same same thing. I'm like trying to catch up on all the you know different behind the scenes and documentaries, and now the solo trailer. I'm dissecting it 20 times after watching it. So uh, I have not watched it just mm. on its own. I, I will, like you said, it needs to be a, a you know, special, sacred experience for me when I put that on the TV. Yeah, that's fine. I've, I've watched it two and a half times. Um, one of them complete sit down, one of them more of a background. Okay. Doing some dishes, cooking. Uh, and then the half was an accident because I just started <laughs> watching it and I was like, oh, I'm going to, and I like halfway, I was like, oh, I need to, no, I wasn't supposed <laughs> to watch this today. So, but yeah, definitely I, 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 I've watched it, um, and I, and I've enjoyed it. It's definitely weird to have new star Wars on your home view. It's a different thing. So Dylan's right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe H a says, Hey, Ray becoming an adopted Skywalker. I know it's a controversial view, but hear me out. I really am coming from around to this idea that she gets to choose her family, her lineage, because she came from nowhere to become the Jedi, the savior Jedi figure, much like Luke. What if there is a scene? in nine where Luke is a force ghost is training Ray and says I never had a child but you made me proud and give me purpose like any parent to which she could say thank you dad finishing nine and the new trilogy where Ray begins the new Jedi order as Ray Skywalker what do you guys think the adoptive uh, the adopted Ray uh, Skywalker theory has been out there and I kind of like it Joseph you yeah yeah I think it came up on our first episode after watching eight uh, I really like this idea I kind of think that it will be in the movie my random guess years out is that it will be in the movie uh, implicitly, but not explicitly. Mm. That I think it will be made clear that this is the story of the Skywalkers and, and Ray picked up the legacy of Luke and Leia mm-hmm. and maybe even Kylo up to a point. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's the slim possibility that it's as specific as I'm Ray from nowhere. I'm going to take the mantle. I'm going to choose the name or be bestowed the name. Right. Ray Skywalker. I love the idea. It's just exactly how how clearly right. it I lo- plays out. I love the idea. I don't think it would be uh, generally accepted by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think it would cause more problems. But I like the idea, Jennifer. I love the idea. Even just uh, just how this was phrased. Thank you, Dad. Oh, it would make <laughs> me so emotional. It was a it's a beautiful way um, to to connect those threads. Yeah, let's make it happen. Absolutely. <laughs> Skywalker story from a certain point of view. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Dylan, Lisa, Sebastian. Thanks for the questions. You guys, you want questions for us? You got comments on this episode? You want to talk about the legacy of Leia? Share something that Leia or Carrie Fisher meant to you? You can do it by reaching out to us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. T Public tpublic.com slash user slash force center. We got those new shirts up there. They're flying off the shelves. Get that emotional support porg t-shirt. Visit our website at forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. Podcast is available on Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, a lot of places. And as I mentioned, Joseph, patreon.com slash force center is where a lot of fun is going down. That's right. We got a bunch of things that we have unlocked. We got our website up. Uh, we got that uh, Phantom Menace audio commentary and a bunch of our bonus episodes of the show called Fin the fan fiction. Uh, as we're recording, we are super close to our next goal, which is music for Star Wars Counseling by the great Tony Thaxton. He will write new music, 
And after that, our next goal is unlocking commentary for all of the movies. We want to talk through all of Star Wars. <laughs> Absolutely. And the Discord server's up there. Yeah. Hop in there. I'm hopping in there a little bit. Going to clean it up, organize it a little bit. I, I was the one who created all these, barfed up all these channels. Now I'm going to kind of make it easier for you guys to get through there. My Knapsack Files uh, Discord server is going great, and Force Center is up and running. People are diving on in. So jump in there if you're a Patreon supporter. That is it for now this week. Jennifer, you can be followed at... At Jennifer Landau on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And be sure to check out last week's Happy Beeps episode where things get really weird. Join me for Dancing C-3PO's. Love that episode, <laughs> Joseph. It is so beautiful. You can uh, find me at Joseph Scrimshaw on Twitter and Instagram. You can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com. That has info on live comedy shows, my comedy albums, and my other podcast, Obsessed. And you can follow me at Catnapslock. That includes Twitch, where I do still play Battlefront 2. I'm almost done with the campaign mode. i got to move on to something else there in Battlefront. Uh, maybe uh, try to track down Ewoks and uh, see if you can shoot them. Sorry, Jennifer. <gasps> I said that out loud. All right, that's it, guys. You can see it's uh, for, for Leia and for the legacy of Leia and, of course, Ray Skywalker. We'll see you next week here on Force Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.